This is The Wrap, episode 63. The Wrap is a weekly show where I talk about all of the cool and fun things that happened throughout the past week. Today is Saturday, January 25th, 2014, and I'm your host, TJ. Well, my dear friends, you must forgive me for being a day late with this. Um, we recorded the Movie Bite podcast on Thursday because Chad had a thing come up that he had to miss uh, our Tuesday, normal uh, scheduled day to record the Movie Bite podcast. And so we had to do it on Thursday, and then I had to write a bunch of stuff for the uh, for the site on Friday, and I just ran out of time to get that podcast out uh, and do all the work that I had to do at work. So I'm getting it out today. It's a day late. I'm very sorry about that. I promise it won't happen again, except it probably will at some point. Uh, on top of which, uh, this is what people tune in for, probably not, but on top of which, um, I'm, I'm very susceptible to colds in the cold weather, and I have one. I have a head cold, and so I'll probably be cutting a lot of coughing out. I'll probably be dropping markers and try to spare you from it. But uh, let's go ahead and dive in here and get started of the news from the past week. Well, starting off, Batman vs. Superman has been pushed to 2016. Uh, the summer of 2015 just got a teeny bit less crowded. Variety reports that Warner Brothers has just pushed the Man of Steel sequel from July 17, 2015 to May 6, 2016. The new date pits the Zack Snyder Helms film directly against an as-yet-unnamed Marvel uh, Studios project, though in all likelihood, one or the other will move before then. So I know this will be some disappointing news to some of you. I'm, I'm glad to see 2015 lighten up a little bit. Uh, 2015 was a pretty, uh, looking like a pretty heavy year for film, and it still is. Uh, this just looks like all the studios dumped all their films into 2015. So moving something uh, out of 2015 is not a bad thing. Um, there was rumors that Ben Affleck sustained a leg injury, and that's what's delayed filming and whatnot. Then there's rumors now that though the film has been delayed, the filming has not been delayed. So who knows exactly what's up with that? Maybe the studio's rethinking their strategy. Who knows exactly? Um... Maybe they're going to take the time to make it a better film than Man Man of Steel. <laughs> Ooh, burn. <laughs> uh, in any event, that's the news coming out of Batman vs. Superman. It's now 2016, uh, May 6th, 2016 to be exact. Uh, you'll find that in the show notes if you want to read up more about that. Jamie Alexander's Lady Sif will appear on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. This according to Marvel.com. The Lady Sif is making a trip to Midgard, and her journey will lead her straight to our favorite Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that's right, Jamie Alexander will make a special guest appearance, appearance as Sif in an upcoming episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., reprising her role from Marvel's Thor and Thor the Dark World. Um, to me, that's good news. I felt like her character was not properly utilized, and uh, she's, she's sort of gotten the short end of the stick um, in uh, Thor and Thor the Dark World, and, and she seemed like a, a character that could be developed more, there could be more there. And uh, so to see her on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a good thing, on top of which, I love Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Everybody talking about how, how it's not a great show or it, it's, it's disappointing or whatever, I don't get it. I don't understand. And so it's exciting to see her coming to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, and I like to see these underutilized characters uh, that are likable uh, get used a little more uh, somewhere. So this should be fun. I'm, I'm excited about this. On top of which, um, in this upcoming episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, this uh, next week, uh, we'll get to see Stan Lee as well. So, um, yeah, they're doing some some cool and fun things with uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I'm excited to see where this goes. Bond 24 and 25 will be building on what was done in Skyfall. According to Matt Looker at TotalFilm.com, talking to IGN, Logan said that the next Bond outing, of the next Bond outing, my goal is to write a great movie that's appropriate to build on what we did on Skyfall, but make it its own unique animal. 
The themes, ideas, and characters from Skyfall can obviously continue on because it is a franchise and it's an ongoing story. So I think there's resonance from Skyfall in the new movie. As far as I'm concerned, this is a great idea uh, and great news because Skyfall is quite obviously the best of the new Bond films. I'm ashamed to say I haven't seen any of the older Bond films, uh, although I would like to do that at some point, especially I'm interested in Sean Connery and uh, Pierce Brosnan as James Bond. But... um, that aside, um, I'm, I'm I'm excited to hear that they're uh, they're definitely going in the same direction, you know, with Skyfall because the first two Bond films with uh, with this new cast just wasn't um, wasn't my cup of tea. I did not appreciate them. I did not like them. And Skyfall was a much better film. I had I had my quibbles with Skyfall. I only gave it three and a half stars when we when we reviewed it. But um, I'm excited if 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 they can keep this upward trend. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. So. We'll see. Uh, we'll see where this goes. So that's the news on the Bond front. J.J. Abrams says the Star Wars Seven script is done, and he will be shooting on film. J.J. Abrams hit uh, the Television Critics Association press tour Sunday to promote his upcoming NBC show, Believe. And after his panel, reporters pelted him with Star Wars Episode Seven questions. What did he say? Not much, but here's what we got: the script is done. We're working really hard, and we've got our script, and we're deep in prep, full steam ahead. What's the length? Abrams wouldn't go there. I promise you it will be movie length, he said. Um, whether good or bad, the script is done now. We know that, and uh, we all will we'll know soon, or I should say when it comes out in the coming eternity, uh, which way it will go. Um, so, and I've said this on the Movie Bite podcast, and I've said it before, I'll just reiterate, that I expect this film to be better than the prequels and not as good as any of the original films. That's kind of where I'm putting my expectations, and we'll, we'll kind of see how that goes. J.J. has disappointed me before, um, and I, I expect him to be somewhere in the middle here. But Abrams also said uh, he will shoot Star Wars on film and won't do scenes in IMAX. In the right situation, I would, when asked about the format. The problem with IMAX is it's a very loud camera. It's a very unreliable camera. Only so much film can be in the camera. You can't really do intimate scenes with it. It's slow. They break often. Having said that, they're working on digital versions of these, and so there may be a version one day but we're going to shoot episode seven on film. And so now I take back everything bad I said about Abrams. He's now my hero because I love the 35 millimeter format. And now we come to a piece of news that really angers me. Federal agents take a man out of the theater for wearing Google Glass. Uh, this I quoted from Russ Fisher on Slash Film. Because, uh, it, oh, and I'm sorry, um, actually, uh, he was quoting the man who was taken out of the theater. So this is the man who's taken out of the theater saying, because I don't want glass to distract me during the movie, I turn them off. But since my prescription lenses are on the frame, I still wear them. About an hour into the movie, Jack Ryan's shadow recruit, a guy comes near my seat, shoves a badge that had some sort of shield on it, yanks the Google Glass off my face, and says, follow me outside immediately. It was quite embarrassing, and outside of the theater, there were about five to ten cops and mall cops. Since I didn't catch his name in the dark of the theater, I asked to see his badge again, and I asked what the problem was, and I asked for my glass back. The response was, you see all these cops, you know we're legit, we are the Federal Service, and we have been caught, you have been caught illegally taping the movie. This, this, uh, this story angers me on very many, many levels. Um, I'm a geek, and this angers me on that level. Uh, you know, he's an early adopter of a technology, and this is ultimately what got him into trouble. That shouldn't get somebody into trouble, being an early adopter of Google Glass. Um, no, I'm not saying I would ever wear Google Glass, because I, at this point I cannot imagine myself ever wearing Google Glass. I'm not into wearable computing as much as a, of a geek as I am. That just doesn't sound... But, but that's beside the point. It's immaterial. 
it, it, it's angering to me. Um, a, a cop walked right up to this guy in the theater, and he this guy was doing nothing wrong, and he was treated like an absolute criminal. That, I mean, that, that just really angers me. Um, it, it angers me that it's a crime to make a crappy recording of a movie that gets more attention than the real crimes that go on in our country all the time. I mean, we have much, much more uh, greater crimes to be focusing on than a guy in a theater making a, a, a terrible recording of a movie from a screen with a handheld camera. I mean, I mean, this is dumb. This is stupid. It angers me that our copyright and patent system in this country is is so out of control. And the police state mentality in general, that just angers me. Um, so now I need to go take some blood pressure medicine before I go on. But um, that's that's uh, it's a very frustrating situation. And uh, something needs to be done about it. So find that link and more information in the show notes. Paramount is ending film print distribution. Ben Brock over at the Playlist reports over the weekend, the LA Times reported something that many had expected but hoped not to hear, that the first major studio, in this case Paramount, was going all digital and ending distribution of actual physical film prints. Though they didn't announce it at the time, Anchorman 2 The Legend Continues was the last Paramount film for which 35mm prints were shipped. Uh, Way to go out on a high while The Wolf of Wall Street became their first all-digital affair. An irony, given that Martin Scorsese is a passionate defender of the old formats and old film stock. This makes me sad. Um, I'm a proponent of film, uh, and, and I'm, st- I'm happy that, that uh, and I should clarify, that this is only the distribution side. They're not sending film prints to any theaters anymore. It will all be digital distribution. We're not talking about uh, filming films on 35 millimeter or 72 millimeter or IMAX or whatever, we're talking about the way films are distributed. And this is why I have mixed feelings about it. I'm glad that we're still shooting on film. You're still going to get the look of film in many ways in that in that regard. Um, and you're still going to get the quality, um, those original film prints, um, any, any films that are shot on film negatives. Uh, in the future, if we have higher, better digital technologies, those film prints can still be scanned in. We, we, we by the way, are still able to scan in we're not able to scan in as much quality as film prints have yet. Uh, we're still scanning in 35 millimeter negatives uh, at the highest resolution we can, and they still have those film prints still have more to give us. So I'm uh, I'm very much a proponent of continuing to shoot on 35 millimeter film. The distribution end is interesting um, because, and I talked about this. And if you want more detail, listen to the Movie Byte podcast that we did uh, recently. Um, uh, that would be episode 76, uh, and Chad, Chad and I talked about this a little more in depth, but. The interesting thing is that um, if you are projecting a film print properly with a properly set up projector, properly maintained, a good screen, you know, then uh, you're going to get a very high quality viewing, uh, higher than you can get digitally, I believe. However, uh, most projectors are not properly maintained. They're not properly set up. They're being run by a kid in the in the uh, booth who doesn't know anything about it, who doesn't care. All he's doing is pushing buttons and feeding film, and it can be a bad experience. Digital produces a much more consistent experience, and it's a good experience. So I have mixed feelings about it, um, but that's the news in any event. Um, you can also check out the link in the show notes, read up on some comments. Uh, I talked with uh, Michael Minkoff in the comments about uh, a little more in depth about the reason why film is better uh, in in general than uh, than digital and that sort of thing. And of course, we talked about that on the Movie Byte podcast. Speaking of the Movie Byte podcast, uh, we uh, reviewed uh, Jack Ryan's Shadow Recruit. Uh, Chad and I did. Uh, we found it to be a passable film, somewhat disappointing, uh, but not not a terrible film. We also talked about uh, the, the uh, Google Glass incident. We talked about uh, Carrie Fisher talking about Star Wars. 
Um, we talked about the film print distribution. Uh, let's see, we talked about the Oscar nominees. That was probably the other big topic that we talked about. So be sure to check that out. Uh, Chad and I would appreciate it if you would check that out. Uh, you can also check out my review on Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit, which I have linked up in the show notes. I gave it three out of five stars. And then just a little bit more news on the Jack Ryan front. Younger audiences gave Jack Ryan the cold shoulder. This uh, by Pamela McClintock over at The Hollywood Reporter. The fate of Paramount's marquee spy franchise has been thrown into question following the soft debut of Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit at the North American box office, where the action thriller failed to connect with younger audiences unfamiliar with author Tom Clancy's iconic character. Director Kenneth Branagh's reboot starring 33-year-old Chris, actor Chris Pine and in a bid to relaunch the series, opened to a soft $18 million over the long Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. More than a third of the audience was over the age of 50, while only 15% were under 25. According to Exit Polling Service Cinema Score, all told, 63% of the audience was over the age of 35. Not good news for Paramount and for the Jack Ryan franchise, and this is this is pretty sad and disappointing to me because I'm a fan of Jack Ryan, and I wanted to see this franchise go on and, and, and have some legs and and get on out there and do well again. So that's sad, and uh, that's uh, frustrating. Speaking of frustrating, Atlas Shrugged 3 is an actual thing that is happening. According to Ken Guidry, I have no idea how to say that, over at the playlist. Atlas Shrugged, who is John Galt, is still an actual thing, and that is actually happening, and the producers are continuing a trend that they started with the second film, bringing an entirely new cast. For the final installment of the trilogy, John Galt will be played by Christopher Pola, uh, Lauren, Laura Regan uh, will play Danny Taggart, and the rest of the main cast includes Rob Morrow, Eric Allen Kramer, and uh, Eric Allen Kramer, and Joaquim de Alameda. Whatever. Production of the film has just begun, and producers are hoping to release the film this upcoming September, right in time for the midterm elections. I'm I'm really I'm really done with this series. I mean, why do they have to recast it every single time? Do they not know how to get contracts with their actors? And uh, and and this is a thing too. I mean, I agree with Anne Rand on a lot of things. Not all, trust me, not all. Uh, but many of her ideals I, I do agree with. I think that she uh, tends to lack a little compassion in her conservatism or her libertarianism, I should say. Uh, and the, the, the real main thing, though, e- even though I might agree with some of these political ideals, is the whole creative process behind these films is completely missing. Just missing in action. Uh, ugh, just recasting the whole series. Again, I, I just don't understand. I, I, I don't intend to see this. I just, it's just so frustrating. Well, let me work some of this frustration out of my system with uh, telling you what's new at the box office this weekend. I don't know if that's actually going to help, but I'll try. Um, and I'm sorry, this this is more useful on Friday, but maybe you still haven't seen your movies this weekend, so uh, I will go ahead and lay it out for you. Uh, it's pretty anemic out there at the box office as far as new films. We've got I, Frankenstein, rated PG-13. I don't recommend that you see this film. I don't think it's going to be any good. Um, I kind of like the concept, but this the trailers that make me really have a hard time taking this seriously. I expect it to be pretty bad. It's an hour 32 minutes. It's been rated PG-13 for sequences of fantasy action and sequences of fantasy violence. It stars Aaron Eckhart, Bill Nye, and Miranda Otto. Uh, the director was Stuart Beatty. I've never heard of him before, uh, so check that out in the show notes. Give Me Shelter, uh, rated PG-13. Uh, it's in limited release. It's actually playing in Nashville, so I thought I would mention it. Uh, normally, limited releases don't play in Nashville. Uh, so I'm listing it because of that. Um, with the exception of Richard Roper, all the critics hate this film, pretty much, universally. Uh, I, I thought it looked interesting, but uh, I, I kind of expect it to be no good. 
I mean, and it does star uh, Vanessa Hudgens. It does. It also stars James Earl Jones, which is kind of interesting, but also Rosario Dawson, uh, Brendan Fraser, and Anne Dowd, and Stephanie Zostak. I don't know who those people are. Directed by Ron Krauss. Uh, it's rated PG-13 for violence, mistreatment, all involving teens, mature, thematic material, language, and some drug content. I would expect that given the uh, what the film is about. So you might want to check that out. Still playing in theaters, Jack Ryan, Shadow Recruit, Lone Survivor, uh, The Nut Job, The Wolf of Wall Street, The Legend of Hercules, The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug, Saving Mr. Banks, Her, and The Hunger Games, Catching Fire. For more on how I feel about those films and whether or not I think you might want to see them, be sure to check out my article linked up in the show notes. Well, that is it for this week. That's all I've got. If you would like to view those show notes I just mentioned, you can do that at moviebyte.com slash the rap slash 63. If you want to keep up with me, you can follow me on Twitter at TJ Draper Pro. You can also follow MovieByte on Twitter to stay up to date, twitter.com slash moviebyte. And you can like MovieByte on Facebook at facebook.com slash moviebyte. Uh, both Twitter and Facebook get all new posts and all new podcasts from MovieByte so, uh, every day and whenever they come out. So you know, subscribe to those if that's where you want to keep up with us. Of course, obviously, be sure to visit the website because I'm going to keep you up to date every weekday at moviebyte.com. Well, that's it. That's all I've got. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a good rest of the weekend, and we'll talk to you next week.